Want great business banking features like advanced payment processing? Whitney Bankers can help you find the right solutions for your business. Stop by one of Whitney's nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South or visit HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp by Shewitt and Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Basic Swim and Gym on Magazine Street, right next to Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. High on the list of things New Orleans is known for are college and entertainment. We're a big college town with over 50,000 students, and we have a seemingly countless number of live music and entertainment venues in every part of the city. There are quite a few points where education and entertainment intersect. Two of them are sitting across the table from me. John Rankin is a singer-songwriter, most often described as a guitar virtuoso, and an instructor in the music department at Loyola University. John has four records out and plays live gigs all over New Orleans, including his regular Tuesday night residency at the Columns Hotel. John Rankin, it is an absolute pleasure to welcome you to Tautalon. Thank you, Peter. It's great to be here. Thank you. Now, Mike Strecker is the executive director of public relations at Tulane University and a comedian. Mike performs in comedy clubs across the country and he's the author of The Young Comedian's Guide to Telling Jokes, Volumes 1 and 2, and Jokes for Crescent City Kids. Uh, Mike Strecker, welcome to to Lunch. Thanks, Peter. It's so great to be here. (laughs) Now, John, I'll start with you. The tradition of being a musician and a teacher, uh, handing your skills over to a younger generation of disciples is age old. It also seems to belong to another era before YouTube and GarageBand. Music education seems to have changed immensely, especially for guitar players. I would guess that most people who play guitar today don't take formal lessons and certainly not at the college level. Because college is so expensive, you have to be pretty talented or determined to justify going to college for guitar. Are your music students these days looking for a music education that will lead to a paycheck so they can pay back loans, or are people still studying music just for its own sake? Uh, Mostly, I think people are trying to hedge their bets with some kind of professional training, entrepreneurial training, like Loyola has the music industry program uh, that I helped start years ago. And uh, so they're getting a little of both actually more business than music uh, many times. So if you wanted to just study the music business, would you have to actually learn an instrument as well? There's different degree okay. programs, so you can skirt that if you want. <laughs> you can be a savant. I could be in my, tw- <laughs> yeah, yeah. my 12th year there. There's, uh, now, one of the things, John, that's always impressed me about you, not only are you probably the best guitarist in the city, but um, you've managed your career so well. So you're, you're playing gigs, you're a professor, and you give lessons. Uh, and you have an MBA from Tulane. Is that all tied together? I mean, you're- Well, the MBA certainly helped. Uh, the MBA helped kind of focus my goals. I knew I wanted to teach, uh, and I knew I wanted to play. And so my, I learned in school that I was a niche marketer, 
and then I had a I had a niche that other people couldn't take away from me, and it was actually in some sense a liability, and in other ways that's your asset too. So, so I put it together, and so and also knowing what I'm good at and what I like to do. So, you know, it's balancing those two things. It's a balancing act. Mike, standing up in front of a room full of people who are paying you to make them laugh is daunting. But it must be even more daunting to write a book to try to explain what funny is and to try to explain how to be funny to kids of all people. It seems almost paradoxically impossible. Like if you had to explain a joke, it's not very funny. What made you want to sit down and write a book on how to tell jokes? And why for kids? Right. Well, it, it's it kind of came backwards. I, I had these, this idea, well, I had this habit of, of coming up with these little one-liners that I would tell to my wife. And I, honestly, I never thought of them as being children's jokes. I would just tell them to sort of... They weren't uh, blue, but they were, they were, blue, yeah, but right, they, they, they were just one-liners, and I never thought of... I just thought they were kind of clever and, 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 and cute, and I would annoy her with them. And but she was a school, she's a school teacher, and she said, you need to write these down kids love these kind of jokes I didn't really believe her I, and every time I would tell a joke she's like yes go go write it down and so I did and then honestly I, I sent them away and sure enough a publisher wanted to publish them but then they said they needed more jokes and it was really at the last minute I said well let me since I do perform comedy let me go ahead and put a few tips in on how to t- tell jokes and and you know how to uh uh, do comedy if, if kids wanted to pursue it. And it was really an afterthought. And the editor, it was her idea to change that and make that the sort of focus of the book. So I have them both. How many jokes are in a book? 600 each. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still married. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad that's, I'm glad that's working out for you. Now, yeah. now uh, Mike, you do some traveling. You do some touring around the country. I do, You've played yeah. L.A. and New York, and uh, and, does that get and, tough? And Shreveport. Shreveport, of course. Yeah. I know you from your fam- famous gig at the second floor of the Bud's Broiler Bud's City Broiler. Park. yes. Which, that's um, right. John, have you played some odd venues in yours? Oh, yes. I'm, I, I don't know if <laughs> I can. He's working up to Bud's. <laughs> uh, I think the weirdest one is uh, where uh, Banjo playing Hitchhiker, where we would play on tour buses. They'd pick us up in the country. we play f- uh, for IBM was the first time. Uh, going to the plantations, I and mean, you have to stand on the front of the bus and play, and entertain, and pretend you were a hitchhiker. That's that's really? my weirdest job. Yeah. First oh, time. Oh, did we, you come? Were you on the side of the road and you were brought on? Well, that's that. right. Wow. Uh, Danny, that is awesome. Danny Barker was with us too. The great Danny Barker. Yeah. Well, we had nine banjo players for IBM. <laughs> Amazing. I'm glad those don't happen very much anymore. No, no, but I, that sounds awesome. I'm, and I've done comedy on a bus. You? Yeah. Oh, I can't believe bus is the theme oh, here. Here we go. I can't believe it. <laughs> and I, I got on there, and, and they're moving. You know this, John. When a bus moves, you're not, you're not stationary, right? It's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. And I'm thinking, I'm going to die exactly. and kill, literally. Kill is a good kill word in your industry, word, right, though, yeah. Not, not dying so much, you know. And I was amazed that I did so well, and that, and I don't know if everybody was just, um, maybe they were afraid, too. They, you know? Well, they were kind of hostage. <laughs> they were, they were like hostage, that. Yeah. right. You're so, talk about being close to the audience. You're literally <laughs> on top of them. John, the one thing I think of the in the three your three areas, I think of in your lessons, you actually teach people that, you know, don't know anything about the guitar. You're so talented. How does that not drive you out of your mind? Uh, well, some people would argue that that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
No, it's it's really about people, and um, so if if you understand the person and where they're coming from, then it's good to be with them. You know, I mean, it's a it's partly social and communication. That's really the biggest part of it. Uh, you understand what they want to do, and you help them get there. The hard part is when it's hard for people to practice and keep it in their schedule. Yeah. So what do you do the next week when there's no progress? And that's really the harder thing. You also do songwriting, and I keep wondering, let me ask you both of you this. Can you teach somebody to be funny, and can you teach somebody to write songs? Well, you can definitely teach somebody to write songs. I mean, teaching creativity, that's um, one of the things I tried to handle. There's certain things that are harder to teach. On guitar, strumming, the feel. The feel of the music is hard, not the mechanics. Uh, with songwriting, it's getting people to get past their own uh, conscious side telling them they're not any good. Oh. So we do a lot of speed writing and things like that, things where you write where you don't have time to make judgments. As far as teaching comedy, I think, I think people are naturally funny. I, I do. I think having a sense of humor is part of being human. Some people, I think comedians just value getting a laugh more than normal people <laughs> and and if you if someone wants to be a, a comedian you know I, I think you can bring that out in, in them and just take their natural uh, comedy and just have it distill it down to to where it's as high potency as possible and then you have a routine you know and just and just it's something you just have to value I mean sometimes if I get a laugh at the office I feel like well my day is complete. You know, no matter what happens now, I, I really crack. Or I'm going to use that tonight. Yeah, I'm going to use that tonight. Just, <laughs> right, exactly. They're not staff; they're people you're practicing stuff <laughs> on. <laughs> I think comedy is harder than music. Oh, yeah. um, I think it's much harder because the audience um, really feels like they're they know enough about it to crit criticize it. With a musician, they're kind of they don't. Well, he's okay, but comedy, you either you're great, you're hysterical, or you're bombed. You bomb. You've been well, there's really I, no middle ground with comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that. true. I, I think I think music is harder to do than comedy, but I, I think you're right. I think every guy in the room thinks I'm funnier than this I guy. I could do that. I could do that. <laughs> I could do that. What, is, what, what makes him think? It, he even when we that. started here, John wanted to give us a knock knock right. joke. Everybody's. <laughs> you're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Rusciutti. I'm talking with John Rankin, virtuoso guitar player and music instructor at Loyola and UNO and Tulane University's Executive Director of Public Relations and comedian, Mike Strecker. Mike, people might stop John and say, can you play guitar for me? Do people stop you and say, tell me a joke? Yeah, it's always very, uh, you know, <laughs> inorganic, you know? <laughs> I mean, uh, comedy should, uh, you have your routine, and then comedy should just arise naturally, not, uh, the worst thing is, I mean, I appreciate people's interest, but I, the worst thing is, M Mike's a comedian. Tell a joke, Mike. And you're oh. like, oh, oh it's yeah. Like, oh, it never works. <laughs> now, I just say, you, you have mistaken with someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, John has, he plays a lot of great regional music. You are the only person I know that's created a book about regional humor yeah. for kids. What, what's in that book? Well, you know, and I'm, I'm so excited about this book. Yeah, it's just jokes that, Honestly, only a New Orleans, someone from New Orleans or someone who loves and knows New Orleans would, would get. So they're just uh, localized uh, jokes, and I call it jokes for Crescent City kids. Uh, just, you know, we have a whole language here right. in, in New Orleans, and it's just, 
playing with that language and just having having, having fun and making puns. You gonna get mad at me if I ask you to tell you? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. What, <laughs> what was the? What, here's one. Uh, why wouldn't the rich dessert go out with the sandwich? Because it was a poor boy. Oh hey, yeah, yeah, see okay, so that is you're not, that, not, that from Ohio. You're not gonna oh, get that. no, no. And uh, the people at the next table. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> To see what is it like to have a side hustle? We have so many people on the show that do that. Do you feel? Do you do it because you like having an extra paycheck, or do you do it as? A, uh, I do a couple of different things, and I kind of think of it as security if one of them disappears on me. That's right. What, yeah. um, what do you like about it? Well, I don't know which of my jobs is a side hustle. <laughs> to be honest with you, um, uh, you know, sometimes one is more money, sometimes the other is. I think when you're dedicated to something that you really love, then uh, regardless of what it is, then I think you have to do certain things with no consideration for money. Just take money totally out of the equation and, and just find that true value of it to you. And then use those things and to get the ones that pay really well. <laughs> so you got to balance those two things. You know, Sometimes it's funny that you give away the same thing one day and then you'll charge a lot of money for it the next oh, that, day. That's a good example. So that's, that's kind of what's hard, but you, you have to take money out of it at some right. times. It's love. You know, it's just love. I mean, I, even, even if I didn't get paid to do comedy, I would still do it. And sometimes I don't get paid to do comedy. <laughs> just, still do just to it. prove it, really. Just to prove it. Yeah, yeah, right. I feel the same way about teaching, too. I mean, it's, it's really important. Most people think of a musician as teaching because... I mean, just that stable income. And certainly that was a big part for me, the stability of the income like after 9-11, after uh, uh, Katrina, you know, lots of things. But um, it's a very important part of my life, you know. Now, you both are married with, with uh, children. Mike, the, I was looking at your re the research we did on you, and I had to laugh. You met your wife on a Catholic website, right. dating website called Ave Maria. Ave Maria. Ave you Maria, yes. I, apparently accent on the first, apparently first you've one. Apparently run away from the church for a while. Yes, uh, <laughs> Maria. Wow. That's yeah. it. That's... You know, it was strange. It was my mother's idea, for, of course. You know, first She said, you should meet someone online. Now, my mother, at the time, she was 80 years old. So, I, first of all, I was so surprised. <laughs> That she knew the term online. I thought she meant to go fishing or something. <laughs> but I did. And at first, you know, this was 10 years ago, so it wasn't as common as it is now. But uh, I, I didn't tell anyone uh, that, you that were we doing... met online. Oh, yeah, you didn't yeah. tell anyone, but now I, everybody I, I, knows. Now, now, now. It's, it's on, it's air, on right? the air, really. It's, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, a bad name for that would have been Hail Mary. Right, it got like a little desperation. Last last rites would have been a bad one, also. <laughs> John and Mike, this is the part of the show we call another great idea. Uh, maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got a great idea for you. Uh, they tell you about this job you should apply for, or this guy you should have a cup of coffee with, or a great investment opportunity you should jump on. You can take this advice and it turns out to be a disaster. You can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that might have turned out really great, or you can take your friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Do you have an example in your life or career where a friend had a great idea for you? Did you take their advice and uh, how did it turn out? Mike was, your, I guess your best advice was your mother to send yeah. you to a Catholic website. That's but right, that's, they, uh, that was it. 
my second one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like unto it. Uh, it. A friend of mine, a good friend of mine, who's a novelist actually in, in, uh, in Alabama, he convinced me to jump out of an airplane but the, with, with a parachute. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm so glad I did it. And the only reason I did it, I'd never had a desire to do it, but it was, talk about peer pressure. It was like, okay, I'll do it. And then, you know, you're doing it, and you're like, wow, I hope I don't die just because I didn't want to tell them no, you know. But, yeah. and, and I jumped out, and it's not as thrilling as it seems. You know, you kind of, I mean, it's kind of you do it. And it's, then it's less like, scary well, than getting up on stage? No, uh, yeah. No, it's very frightening, but it's not. <laughs> I wouldn't do it again. So that's why I'm glad I did it. You know, really? I, you feel like a, like a more of a man or anything like that? Because <laughs> yes, no. you've grown the beard. You get the whole right, thing right, going. Right. I noticed that. I, I, I feel like, well, it was something nice to be able to have said that you've done. Yeah. You know? Don't but, do that again. Uh, yeah, don't do it, but really, I won't do it again. We need now you. I have a wife and children. I <laughs> right, I yeah, that'll change things. Right, right. John, what about yourself? Well, there was a teaching assistant in, in a business school that was, we were talking about planning, and he said it's always important to have a plan because uh, if you, even if it's a bad plan, you can adjust it. But if you don't have a plan, you don't know if you're making progress. So that taught me to kind of set goals and set you know one-year, two-year, five-year type goals, and I think that really helped me a lot. Um, my dad said, never go to bed mad at your wife. And I thought that was the only oh. advice he gave me, and it was really uh, uh, helpful. Wow. It's been very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to know. As shown by the fact that you're still married. Yeah, That's right. That is, uh, That's my, right. Dad, my dad told me never to go to bed with someone else's wife. So that was good advice. <laughs> I followed that. Also good, good ideas. These are, I don't know. You, when you're a kid, you don't listen to your parents. But these right. are terrific, terrific lessons. They, speaking of lessons, John, I uh, wonder if you... You, you play so many different kinds of music and you play a lot of different instruments and your Southpaw, people don't know that on the radio, is, uh, they, uh, we, cool. you want to play a little something for us as we, as we close out the show? Uh, sure. Whatever area you want. There's a, what genre are we in? Ooh, we're going to bang the guitar. Uh, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is a ragtime piece I've been working on and I thought it was appropriate for a restaurant. It's called the Blue, Blue Crab Crawl. Out to lunch, hanging with Pete. Out to lunch, getting something to eat. I'm just a guest, but it's quite a treat. Out to lunch with Pete. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Mike, have you ever thought of a guitar? I have, and, and a lot of uh, comedians do incorporate guitar Steve into their Martin. Steve Martin oh, yeah. and banjo. Right. And, uh, and so I encounter a lot of guitars backstage, and I notice invariably I would pick one up and just strum it and I know a few chords but I find it so soothing and 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 just comforting you know even though and so I did go to buy one and uh, I went to the music store and uh, the guy said uh, well how serious are you about playing guitar <laughs> and I said uh, I'm not serious at all about it and he's like you know, I'm a comedian we don't, yeah, he said, we don't get a lot of that <laughs> you know usually it's like I'm going go man give me the, give me your top line you know give me a play a little something for me yeah. a rabbi right. you know, is, uh, <laughs> but oh. there's something comforting about the the, the feel of it yeah, I can see why uh, well, have, it helps a musician to have jokes Oh, I would imagine. Training, you know? And John, I think you're particularly good at banter. At banter? Yes. Oh, good. So the jokes help there, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. How do you how do you know what's going to work? You don't. Same with you Mike? You don't. All right, same thing. You just, well, you look at the audience. You figure, uh, you know, what they would like. 
if they're like a hundred years old. Yeah, know, and also it's easy, it's easiest to make fun of yourself. You know, so and you do that. Right? I do. I make fun of John quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So definition of a guitar player is a guy with a. $5,000 instrument and a $500 car on his way to a $50 gig. <laughs> yeah. But right. I just went through all that about how you're doing so well. <laughs> oh, that is great. You know, I started out today's show by saying we're at the intersection of entertainment and education. I think we can fairly say we've learned a thing or two over the last half hour. It's been relatively entertaining, wouldn't you say? <laughs> There's a... <laughs> I, I listen to this show. Oh, good, good. I hope you do. Sometimes if we can't get the guests to listen, right. that'd be bad. So, John, Mike, your work is done here. Lunch is over. You can get back to the grind playing guitar and being funny. That doesn't sound too terrible, really. Thank you for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Oh, thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter. It's a real pleasure. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been John Rankin, musician and music instructor at Loyola University, and Mike Strecker, author and comedian and executive director of Tulane University's Public Relations. You can find out more about John's music and education and Mike's comedy and education by following the links on our websites. It's NewOrleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Matthew Ellison. You can listen to the show and to past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, and I mean, they've got to, right? I mean, there's uh, so much would be missed, really. Proceed with caution. <laughs> you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and It's New Orleans' Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans style, on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp and by Shewitt and Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. Want great business banking features like advanced payment processing? Whitney Bankers can help you find the right solutions for your business. Stop by one of Whitney's nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South or visit HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC.